If you want to open your Bibles to John chapter 20, and we're, we're in the middle of our series, Unmasked, uh, Healthy You Equals Healthy Relationships, okay? And uh, um, have you guys been enjoying this series? Yes. Have you been challenged and encouraged to continue on with Jesus? Okay, and so uh, here we go. We're going to jump right into this. Um, and just look at your neighbor and say, you got to take the mask off. All right, so we're talking about, we're going into um, hope groups here. And so perfect environment to really get to know people and to be known, to know and to be known. So I encourage everybody uh, to, to, to join a group today. You can do that. Um, and really the heart of this message, I'm going to pray here before we get into the word. And as you're turning to John chapter 20, we'll, we'll start in verse 24 and then I'll pray. But I really want to encourage people to get connected uh, in a hope group. Uh, there's different ones. We have a men's group. We have a, a few different women, a couple of different women's groups, actually three, I believe. Um, different Bible study group. We have um, a different, um, we have a couple groups on early on a Sunday morning, not too early, but 9 a.m. We have uh, group on two on Monday night. Uh, we have Thursday night, Wednesday night, and Saturday morning. And so I encourage you, you don't have to go to all of them, and you know, but, but find somewhere to get to know somebody and to be known by somebody. Somebody say amen. All right, and that's what this is all about, okay? And so um, as you're at John chapter 20, let me just pray over this word, and then we'll just share a few things with you and, and be on out of here. Uh, so, Father, we thank you, God, uh, for your word. We pray, uh, Lord, that Christ is revealed. I, uh, once again, I pray that I speak to the Christ in your people. Uh, I don't want to speak to them. I want to speak to the Christ in them, and I don't want to speak today. I want Christ to speak through me. Uh, Lord, every promise is yes and, a yes and amen in him. So we just want a fellowship with Christ and in Christ. Lord, so remove me and anything that would get in the way of that. Lord, I humble myself and I literally hide in you so you can speak today. And we pray that we're changed and transformed and that we're more like you. And it makes everything in our life better. Our marriages, our families, our children, even everything we touch, everything we work for, our work, our education. Lord, let Christ just touch it all and make it better. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Here we go. So um, as we jump into this, I just want to kind of give just a main thought for today as we're jumping into the word is that the purpose of taking the mask off is so you can be healed and so God can heal others through you. All right. That's the main thing today. Uh, we've been talking about this um, the last couple of weeks, but the purpose, I'm going to say it again, of taking the mask off um, is so you can be healed and so God can heal others through you. The Bible says in James that you confess your faults your slip-ups, your mess-ups to one another that you might be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So it just says in the book of James. Um, and so uh, we said this before, I'll say it again, that it is possible to confess your sins to God and be forgiven, but not have anybody in your life you can talk to and yet you're not healed. There's way too many people in the kingdom and in church that are forgiven and not healed because they have a God they can talk to, but they ain't got nobody else to talk to. Somebody say amen. I'm not saying everybody, not everybody needs to know your business, but somebody needs to know my business. Somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, somebody better know your business. <laughs> somebody, right? We all need somebody, you know, and, and this is the thing is we've been hurt by people. Anybody been hurt by somebody? Anybody ever hurt somebody? <laughs> 
Right, okay, the same person. <laughs> yeah, they heard me, I heard them back. No, uh, but right, this is just normal. This is life. People are people. But isn't that amazing that even though people hurt us, God still designed that we would be healed through people too. The Christ in them. Confess your faults to one another that you might be healed. Then it says the, the prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Meaning you got to make sure who you're talking to is praying. That's a good indicator. If they don't pray... Sean, don't play, right? All right? Um, if they don't pray, don't tell them nothing. Amen. That's how you got into trouble. You talk to somebody, they don't even pray. Why are you talking to them? Because look, they're going to talk, but it ain't going to be to God. Somebody say amen. If they don't pray, you don't play. Single ladies, if you don't pray, wear the shirt. I think my cousin Chantel had that shirt. If they don't pray, something... Bay can't stay. There we go. Write that down, single ladies. I'll say it again. If you missed it the first time, if Bay don't play, pray, pray, not play. If Bay don't pray, Bay can't stay. Somebody say amen. I think I posted that. It's got the, the most Instagram likes I've ever gotten was Chantel, my cousin Chantel, on my Instagram with that shirt on like this. Like, some of you may remember it. All right, John chapter 20. All right, here we go. Somebody want to, anybody want to walk into some new healing this year? Anybody want to get some good, make the relationships you love the most to even get better? The people in your life even better. How many of you, I'm sure the people in your life want you to get a little better. Right? My, my wife, that's one of her visions for, to, for this year is that Sean gets better. I'm telling you. It's on the vision board. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. But all right, come on, wives. Any, any wives out there, you want your husband to get a little better this year? Just a little bit. Come on, say it. Come on. You can talk. You can talk in here. Now's your chance, wife. Talk. It's okay. Pastor Sean said to. Okay? But here we go. This is what we're, gonna, this is what we're talking about. Unmask. You got to take the mask off, okay? John chapter 20, verse 24. Here it is. This is after Jesus rose again from the dead. And he came and visited the disciples. He breathed on them. And he told them, before he got to verse, this verse, he told them, look at the scars in my hand and, and the scars in my feet. And they were like, I believe. He, he came out of the grave. They were crying. They took my Savior away. Uh, I think it was Mary stayed behind, right? And she thought that Jesus was the gardener. And, it was, and he said, what's up, Mary? And she said, oh, my, it's you, right? And so, and so they, they, they went all, And then the disciples, he comes and sh shows them who he is, okay? So uh, here it is, verse 24. Now Thomas called the twin. One of the 12, here it is, was not with them when Jesus came. You ever felt like you missed out on something good? Anybody? You ever, somebody goes somewhere like, man, you totally missed it. It was amazing. And you're like, thanks for telling me. I'm so, and, yeah, exactly. Thanks for the invite. And they'll be like, I did invite you. Be like, no, you didn't. Don't DM me. You have to text me. I don't get my DMs all the time. Somebody say amen. All right. So no, now Thomas called the twin. Check it out. One of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. He's one of the 12. Why wasn't he there? I don't know, but he missed it. He missed a divine opportunity to see the risen Savior. Verse 25, the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. That's messed up. Amen. You know, remember Jesus on the cross, dying blood coming out of his face, and he died right there. We saw him. You missed it, Thomas. You slipping, bro. Should have came to church last Sunday. 
You need to do that to everybody that's not here. Text and be like, you missed the power of God was moving. Check out the podcast, but it's not the same. You got to be in the house. Come on, somebody. You got to be in the house. All right. Don't do that. Well, maybe you should. But do it in a good, like, you know, use nice, friendly emojis when you send it. Verse 25. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. Yeah, I'm sure you have. So he said to them, look at Thomas. Here it is. Unless I see in his hands the print or the scar of the nails and put my finger in the print or the scars of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will, look at this statement, I will not believe. People call him Doubting Thomas. He's like, I'm not going to believe until I see it. Y'all saw it. I didn't get to see it. I missed it. And this is what, this is, uh, I'm going to give you the definition of the word print in the Greek here. And I'm going to share just some things with you about this. And you'll see where we're going once I get there. But the mark of a strike or a blow, that's what it means in, in the Greek, print. The mark of a strike or a blow or a scar. A mark left by a healed wound. Say that with me. Say a mark left by a healed wound. All right? So some... Here it is, in respect to us. This is Jesus in his glorified body. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead um, has given life to our mortal body. The Bible says that we are partakers of the divine nature. Jesus in his glorified body still had scars. They weren't wounds. They were healed, but he still had scars in his body. Thomas needed to see scars in the body of Christ to believe. I'm getting somewhere. That this man, there is people in our generation that will not believe just because somebody said something to them. But they need to touch something real in the body to believe if this is true or not. Some won't believe, and I'm going to apply this to you, you being a partaker of the glory of God. You, God has given us the Bible. Jesus, when he prayed for us in the book of John, when he prayed for his disciples, he says, I give them the same glory you've given me. His glory is in his body. We are the body of Christ. But there's people out there that will not believe in the Christ we profess until they can touch the scars in our life. That scars are redemptive when Jesus heals them. All right, and we're going to get into this, that, that the, the, some won't believe until they see your scars and feel your pain. God wants to use it all. God's glory, here we go. I just got some points here. God's glory will heal the wound, and then he'll use the scar for his glory. Everything you've been through, God desires, and he has paid a price to heal it. And this is the thing we're talking about taking the mask off is if we aren't honest about our wounds, God can't use our scars. Yes, Lord, that 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 in our life, we all have wounds or have come through hurtful things. But I'm here to tell you right now, every hurt and painful thing you have been through, God has a healing for it and he will heal it and the scar will remain so other people can see that God has been good to you. In Psalm 147, 
Verse 3, it says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You, as a believer, do not have to live the rest of your life wounded. You may get wounded and hurt, but you don't have to live indefinitely with a wound. It is not the gospel, nor is, does it glorify him for us to walk around our life wounded, bitter, offended, and hurt. How many of you know those things happen to every last one of us? But God's intention and God's plan is to heal it so you can get some scars. I don't know if it's a dude thing or what, but I think men in general like to brag about their scars. You know, it's like, look at this one. But I survived. Uh, I wish I had a picture of it, but when I was on a skateboard tour, um, uh, I was the designated driver because I was saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, but I was skateboarding around the world with a bunch of heathens. Come on, somebody, say amen. So um, I was the designated driver. <laughs> but I met, well, we were in a van, and not all of them were blasted, so um, they were intoxicated. So I had to drive. We were going from a demo from, Southern Ca from South Carolina up to Raleigh, North Carolina, middle of the night. And I was like, okay, I'm going to drive. So I ended up falling asleep at the wheel with a bunch of drunk people uh, passed out in the van. But I fell asleep at the wheel, and I literally uh, rolled the van. Like, uh, spun, did a 360. Um, like, ah! That's how I was screaming when we were going down the freeway. Like, because I fell asleep. Um, and the van ended up on the side of the road. And, you know, like little rocks on the side of the road hitting the bottom. It woke, that's what woke me up. So I freaked out when I woke up. And I thought I was kind of dreaming. I was like, ah! And then I just, ah! And then, ah! And nobody has seatbelts on. Except me. <laughs> and then um, it rolled. Boom, 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 boom. Landed up on its wheels up in this, like, grassy marsh. Man, it's marshy down there. Like, I'm from California. I was like, what is in this grass, man? It was all... It was all marshy. Everything's just green and wet, right? And um, there, and there was we had a guy that had this dozen donuts in the car before, and the donuts were everywhere, all over the place. But I, when we flipped the car, I smashed my head on the on the uh, uh, what's that called? The window in the front, the windshield, windshield. Yeah, is that the windshield? Yeah, windshield. And when it hit the ground, like bam! Now I had um, all kind of. Uh, shrapnel uh, glass all up in my head. I wish I had a picture of it. It looks like my brains were coming out of my head. Yeah, I made it. I survived. I got scars. But, but and I had all kind of glass in my mouth and like that's how that stuff breaks because it, it, so it doesn't cut you. And I spit it out of my mouth like ice. Like little things of like ice. And years down the road, glass was still coming out of my head. Years down the road, like in my forehead, I like squeeze out a big old piece of glass like years later. You know what I'm saying? I got scars. <laughs> Survived. Look at your neighbor and tell him I got some scars. But initially, initially it was a wound. And, um, and what the amazing thing about it was a kind of, this isn't the purpose of me sharing the story, was amazing testimony to that and nobody in that car got hurt but me. And I'm like, the, I'm the one serving the Lord, man. What's up with that? But, um, uh, Nobody got hurt at all. Amazing. 
Uh, but I wanted to share that to say that if you were to see the picture, it's a, initially it was the next morning, my friend Julian shot a picture of it in the hotel at the airport, and it was, looks really bad. It was a wound. That was a wound. But now I got scars. I've healed from that wound. It's a process to get healed from that wound. And there's things in our life, and I want to encourage you here that God has worked the gospel in such a way that it is the healing remedy of every wound in your life. That is the gospel. The gospel just doesn't save us from hell. It saves us from ourselves, saves us from hurt, saves us from pain, saves us from rejection, saves us from insecurity, saves us from addiction, saves us from every wound. Come on now, give God praise for that. And I'm here to tell you right now, you got to learn. And when you get healed, you're going to want to take the mask off because you're not revealing a wound. You're just showing a scar. It's, 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 not, it's not difficult to share about a scar because it doesn't hurt anymore. The wounds are the things we're scared to talk about because they still hurt. All right. Psalm 38 verse 5. Here we go. So once again, in Psalm 147.3, as we're turning there, I'm going to read it, but we'll go to Psalm 38, verse 5. But Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Psalm 38, verse 5, here it is. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. Wounds are real. How many of you, and not, not that it's always my foolishness that caused these, but here it is, the Bible's explicitly talking about how wounds aren't a good thing. <laughs> wounds aren't something you won't live with. Wounds happen. We can't deny it when it happens and how it, I mean, it's just a wound, right? In a marriage, you're going to come out through there, with, you're going to get wounded, and you're going to come out with some battle scars. It, there's no such thing as a marriage without dealing with wounds, but coming out of it with some scars. Amen? And so Jesus glorified on his way to sit at the right hand of the throne of heaven. He still had his scars. God wants to use your scars. Here it is. You know it's healed when it doesn't hurt anymore. Here's my first point. God is glorified through scarred people. I'm here to tell you right now, God only uses scarred people. Right? He only uses somebody. A scar is simply, look, I told you my story about the scar. I didn't talk about how I was still hurting. I talked to you about the process that even after the event, it took some time for that glass to come out of my head. There still might be some in there. But I'm fine. I got the CAT scan. I'm good. All right? But you see what I'm saying? Uh, sometimes I think in the Christian world, we, what we do, because the Bible says we're healed, we act like we're not wounded. We, 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 we think we, the Bible puts pressure on us to act a way that's actually not even real because it says I'm healed. So how do I be honest and deal with the wound when I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be this, but I'm really this. You got, we got to allow, I'm not talking about this, but you got to allow God to heal the wound. And, and, and that scar is going to be a story you tell and not something you're just bringing up again uh, because of what happened to you. God is glorified through scarred people. Here's the word C. This is so powerful. When Thomas um, was there, he said, unless I see, in verse, um, John chapter 20, verse, unless I see, unless I see. And that word see in the Greek, it means this. 
It, it mean, it's, a, it's a spiritual word. It's really perception. And it means this, that seeing that leads to knowing. A gateway, this is the literal definition of the word see. He said, unless I see it, I won't believe it. It means seeing this way is a gateway to grasp a spiritual truth from a physical plane. So your scars are a way for people to see who Christ is in your life. Your scars, God is glorified through scarred people. Here it is, here's my second point. Your scars are a gateway to somebody's healing. Your scars, everything you've been through are a gateway to somebody's healing. Here it is, I'm gonna break this down in between wounds and scars just so we can kind of talk about it a bit. Because I think all of us in one way or another, we've, we've got some scars and we've got some wounds. Maybe a little bit of both, right? Maybe a little bit of both. And there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. But we got to know where we're at in a certain area and be honest and say, man, I need to heal from this. Man, I need a scripture for this. Man, I need some, I need some, I need a, I need a friend for this. I, man, I need, I need a hope group for this. Somebody say but wounds tell you what you're still dealing with. Scars tell others what God has brought you through. They're different. They're different. The scar just told the disciples what Jesus went through, but it did not inhibit him from doing what he was called to do, obviously. His scars didn't keep him from heaven, right? Here it is. Wounds, here it is. This is, this is wounds. Wounds are like homework. Anybody want some homework? Wounds are like homework because you have to take it home and work on it. Amen. Come on now, I know this isn't a shout of message. But wound, anybody want some homework? Always, yes. Jen, of course, wants homework of all people. <laughs> but you got to take it home and work on it. All right, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe your wound, is, sometimes you, your, your bad temper is just lethal. Maybe. Maybe it's just, maybe it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe your impatience is just a little over the top, right? I'm, I'm talking about things that I deal with, so just keep you all comfortable here, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe you just getting quiet and shutting down isn't a sky, it's a wound. No, you need to talk about that eventually. Maybe, you know, so you have to take it home and work on it, all right? Can anybody identify maybe some things they can work on? Wounds are like homework. This is beautiful. I'm in the classroom of life. I'm grow Come on now. I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus. Don't, don't, be, don't be overwhelmed and bothered by the fact that you have to work on something. It is a sign of the grace of God and your personal pursuit of him that you're actually doing it. The problem is, is when you say, oh, I'm good. Oh, yeah. And there's like pus squirting out of the side of your neck. Oh, I'm fine. Just fine. There's nothing to see here. Yeah, uh, yeah, this happened years ago. I've gotten over it. There's blood coming down your arm. Squirting out. Sorry to gross some of you out. But you guys get what I'm saying? Work, look at your neighbor, say work on it. Work on it. It's homework. Oh, some of you are thinking, man, I, I know some people that got a lot of homework. Right? It's okay. It's, this is, this is, this is, God loves this stuff. This, he loves us so much. He's like, man, I'm going to work on this. As a dad, you know what I'm saying? I, I love working, working with my kids. 
and, and on their stuff and, and their journey and, and even their mess, mishaps and how they do things and, and, and the things they do that are wrong. I'm, I'm all up in there. I'm not like, man, get out of here. I'm going to give you up for adoption for acting like that. I would never, I'm a father, I would never, you know, I'm not opposed to people needing to do that for certain reasons. I'm just, I'm being comical, but serious at the same time is that, is that um, don't be all worked up and down because you have something you're working on. Because chances are the person that acts like they don't got way more they're working on than you know. Come on now. Because you got way more you're working on than you're telling people. So you know. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is, a, this is the gospel. Look at our vision as a church is for people to encounter God and to walk in freedom. That's what I'm talking about. Walking, not just encounter God, but walk out this thing in freedom, okay? Are you guys getting something out of this? If you don't, if you don't work on it, look at you, you can also, look at this is the thing about homework. Ones are like homework. You have to take it home and work on it. But check it out. You ever have work groups, right? You, you know, that you can do work, homework together. Right? There, there's just people in your life that are designed by God to help you with your homework. Not everybody. You know what I'm saying? Because some people you invited into your life to help you. And I'm like, and, and they didn't help with the homework. They distracted you from the homework. They, 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 they actually helped you pile up more homework because you're never turning it in. They were a bad influence. Anybody have bad influences on you in school? And they, they distracted you from the homework. Or, or who in here was the bad influence on people? And you were like, you were all about having fun, hanging out. And being like, what? What's the big deal? But here's the thing. If you don't work on your homework, you may fail the next test. Oh, snap. Because I'm here to tell you right now, in this journey with God, God's got a test for you in your future. And it's not to destroy you. It's to promote you. God tests people to promote them. Your test in school was to get you to the next grade. Promote you. Right? And so, and so you got to work on it so you can pass the test. All right? People that walk around the mountain like the children of Israel didn't pass the test, didn't do the homework. Just around and around and around they went. And they did not cross over. Come on now, look at your neighbor and say, you better do your homework. All right? If you don't, if you don't work on it, you may fail the next test. Here we go. Here are scars. Scars are a little different. You guys get, you guys get with this? Here we go. I'm, I'm just teaching today. Scars are potential doorways to influence. Star, scars are doorways to influence. Jesus, his scar, communicated influence into the people he was ministering to. And Thomas was like, till I see his scars, he has no influence in my life. Right? Scars are doorways to potential influence. Wounds, here it is, wounds are burdens, scars are platforms. God wants to use your scars as a platform. He wants you to stand as a, on, on like, almost like your scars are like a soapbox to stand and preach from. About his goodness, about his power, his healing. All right, we all have, we all have wounds, we all have scars. Wounds are burdens, scars are platforms. Wounds are what weigh you down. Scars are what you stand on to pro proclaim his mercy and goodness. All right. And he said, this is what Thomas said. I know we're just staying right here in this scripture. But the Bible says that Thomas said, man, unless I thrust, that, that was the word in the Greek, thrust my hand into his side. 
And, and that word thrust, it means to throw, to aggressively touch. And, and I believe that in our world and in your world, in our generation, um, people are desperate and even, even aggressively trying to find authentic people that have been authentically healed. Because Thomas, it was a, I mean, I'm going to touch that and make sure that's real. Scars, scars tell people that you are real and open, but you're healed. Not just real. We don't want to just be real. We want to be real. And, and the scar tells everybody we're right with God. Because you could be real and wrong. I mean, you're, oh yeah, you're real, all right. Realer than most. A little too real right now. That's a little too real. Come on now. But we want to be real and we want to be right. Verse 26. So here it is. Thomas missed all that. He missed all that. And I'm here to preach to people that feel like you missed some things. Missed some moments. You feel like you, maybe you're out of time. Maybe you missed some opportunities. I'm here to tell you right now, Thomas did nothing spiritual in that moment. Per se. He actually doubted. He's like, look, if I don't see it, I'm not going to believe it. He was walking with Jesus for three years, okay? And he even said at one point in John chapter 14, Jesus was like, y'all know the way, you know where I'm going. And Thomas is the one that spoke up and said, we don't even know where you're going, Jesus, so how are we going to know the way? I'm like, man, that guy hasn't afraid to talk, right? But he was, he was, he was Thomas was kind of like, I would, I would look at Thomas maybe as, as a critical thinker in the mix. He's challenging what is even said and being, nah, nah. We don't even know. I don't even know where you're going. How am I supposed to know the way? He was, he was the one that was speaking up and being like, man, Thomas, be quiet. I mean, nobody said that in the Bible. You get, he was the one that said, Peter was just loud mouth, potty mouth cussing. And Thomas was like, mm, I don't know about that. Anybody got any people into your life like that? And you're like, you're like, man, you got a spirit of pessimism on you. But he was a critical thinker. He's like, man, how are you going to tell us we know the way? We don't even know what you're doing tomorrow. Jesus, like, he did. He was a little too real, wasn't he? <laughs> he did. It's true. Verse 26, here it is. And after eight days, we're almost done. After eight days, his disciples were again inside. And Thomas was with them this time. Wow. Thomas was with them. Jesus came the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Jesus already did this. He already, why is Jesus got stuff to do, right? He's about to start the church in 50 or so days, less than 50 days. And here he is. It's like rewind, groundhog day. Jesus steps in again, peace be with you. And the disciples are like, we already did this. Why did Jesus do it again? Because of Thomas. One person that was a disciple that he walked with, he was in relationship with, and Jesus heard everything. And he, was, and, and he did all this for a man that didn't necessarily represent faith in a good way. And Jesus like, okay, I'll do it again. Come up in the house, doesn't even walk through the door. Just, peace be with you. Smooth like that. Out, coming out the grave with scars, like, I got this. And think about, this is the heart of God for people that don't have it all together, that are doubting and thinking and processing and struggling. 
Hear a risen Savior going, man, I'm going to do it again for this one, for a Thomas. I believe there's Thomas, Thomases in our lives. I believe at times, I believe there's people in this room, you're like a Thomas right now. And I'm here to tell you right now that Jesus will move heaven and earth to reach you right where you are. To help you take the mask off. So Thomas with them, Jesus, see, and, the, and before, it's exact, exact scripture. In verse 24, now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And you scroll down a little bit, there it is, verse 24, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, stood in the midst, and said, peace to you. Verse 27, then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it in my side do not be unbelieving but believing eight days is in scripture represents new beginnings and it's interesting he waited eight days he could you imagine thomas going through that wow i never saw so basically thomas was in an eight-day struggle of wondering what's really going on because he said, until I see, Jesus was so patient with this one disciple. He made this happen. I, who in our life do we need to be that to? That we will work around things and show, hey, look, I mean, you might not believe what I said, but let me just tell you what I've been healed of. Let me just tell you what Jesus has done for me. I'm here to tell you right now that God did something special for Thomas that he did for nobody else. And I'm going to tell you right now, God has done some things for you that he has not done for anybody else. Can anybody relate to that? Come on, think about it now. There's people in your world. Some of us came up with some people that, and here you are walking with God. In You know, God's given us all so many chances God has given me mercy that, that I've seen other people not get. He will have mercy on whom he has mercy. I mean, Thomas is that guy. I am that Thomas where God has just done some things for me I didn't deserve. In eight days, there are always new beginnings, even in our struggle with doubt and unbelief. <laughs> Man, this dude did not do nothing special in the verses before. He actually was very staunch. Until I get it like this, I don't believe. And Jesus is like, all right, I'll give you eight days to process that. And Jesus came again for him. I'm here to tell you right now, you need to think about this this week. Think about the things that God has done for you that he hasn't done for other people. Because every last one of it is that his, your relationship with him is that personal. It is that special. It is that unique that, man, he has moved some things for me. All right? God will give you another shot if you choose to keep seeking him. I think there was something in him, though, that was hungry. Like, for him to even say that tells you he's, like, really wanting to see it, right? He was like, look, if you don't show, I won't believe. And there's something in him that was, there was something in him. There, even in the midst of that, I believe there was some there was, that was his, where his faith was. That is where his faith was. 
Here's my last point. This is it. God is working it all out for your good. He sure is. He did it for Thomas. And Thomas didn't do anything to deserve it. He probably, from a, from a distance, almost did something to not deserve it. And here's Jesus going, okay, round two, just for Thomas. And why? So powerful. I'll read this last verse, but God is working it all out for your good. He is working in the background of your life. Thomas had no clue, but Jesus was about to do something within eight days of where he was, and he did it. And if you look in the book of Acts, 50 plus, just less than 50 days from this point, in, in the upper room, uh, they were all gathered in Jerusalem. The Bible records that Thomas was there. God wanted Thomas to get there. And Jesus did whatever he could to get him to that next place, to the birth and found the, 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 the birth of the local church happened in Acts chapter one and two. Acts chapter one, it records that Thomas, the disciples, the Mary, the mother of Jesus were all there. And he moved some things for that man. Here it is, my last verses here. John chapter 20, verse 28. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord, and my God. Verse 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And what was he saying here? Yes, that there is a blessing on believing God, surely based on what he said. But there, there is a faith that's released when we allow people to see our scars. And this was the Great Commission right here. What was he saying? He's about to send them to Jerusalem to start the local church. And he said, you have seen, but you're going to start to preach to people that have not seen. And you have, he basically was giving him his assignment. 